Good enough. Well, now that we've taken you on a musical journey, it's time for the real show. American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Well, here it is, another great episode of American Brews and Tunes. Oh my gosh, is it that time already again after the last one? Yes, it is. And wow. I feel like it's been a while since we've had a, a regular episode. Yes, it has. We've been doing some pretty exciting things. Because last week was that uh, cleanup album that Nathan Heemster recommended. Yep. And the week the we- before that was the... Hollow Point interview. That was pretty great. Man, the week before that was another one-off. Was yeah, it? was it? I think <laughs> I, I don't remember. It was, yeah, no, it was Blink One Eighty Two. No, it was Jawbreaker and Mountain Goats, and then before that was Blink One Eighty Two. Was Blink One Eighty Two? Okay. Well, something like that is about the order. Who knows? Either way, it's been a while. A, two, a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, a couple. So, and that's way too long, if you ask me. <laughs> If you ask me. But this is episode number 41 of American Brews and Tunes. That's Um, getting up there in numbers, is it not? It is, I guess. One more than 40? I guess we're over the hill, right? Isn't that when you're 50? I thought that was 40. I thought it was when you were 50. I'm pretty sure it's 40, but we'll figure that out later. Well, either we're already over the hill... Or we're, we're almost we're, to the top of the we're hill. Just started, we're just starting to climb up the hill. We're maybe about 25% of the way up the hill. Or I guess Between 40 and 50, we're four-fifths of the way up. <laughs> Fine, we're at 80%. Yeah, 25%. We crossed that bridge a long time well, I ago. Think, I think probably what happens is if it's 50, if, you're, if you get over the hill when you're 50, yeah. um, I think that most likely once you're 40, you're like, oh no, I'm starting to climb up the hill. Yeah, I guess. So maybe we're 10% of the way up the hill right now since this is episode 41 i don't know i'm just gonna do a google search real quick what over the hill yeah i'm <laughs> saying how old means? is over the hill i think it's 50 that's my bet it's 40 years dang it all right well yeah. we're over the hill yeah we're over the hill we're starting the decline everybody <laughs> yeah it's been a good run now let's just yeah. <laughs> let's just run let's just roll with it you know roll with it yeah, yeah. anyways it's snowing <laughs> we'll turn into snowman <laughs> or his big snowballs on the yeah we'll just down. go sledding down the hill <laughs> yeah yeah well, here we are, you guys. Um, for the past couple weeks, I have been listening to an album by the band Foster the People. I'm sure you've heard of them. They're pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, the album's called Torches. Torches. It was their Torches. debut album. It's their debut. And if... But I, I could touch upon it later, but I'm going to touch upon it now. Okay. The album artwork. Do you, are you familiar with it? Yeah. It's like all these people holding up like flames. Flashlights But then there's, there's one person with a flashlight. Yeah. Because that's the British def- way they say torches. Oh, really? Yeah, like in England they say, oh... I gotta get my English accent. Hold on. Um, hello, it's Gav- it's hello, Gavna. Why don't you pick up a torch? That'd be a flashlight. Or, or you could say fancy like, some uh, tea and crumpets. Grab a torch. <laughs> or you could say something like, "Oh no, it's um, it's kind of dark down in the cellar. Can you go grab me a torch and whatnot, eh?" Sure. And what? There's, hey, what? Hey, what's, what? What's uh, what's like? What's their term for like a torch then? A f- fire stick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If there are any people in Britain who listen to this... Thanks. Us... First off, thanks. Yeah. Second of all, what do you call what an Americans actual, would call a torch? Like a, actual... a piece of... Like a stick with fire that you use to light the way. 
What is that called to you guys? Yeah, I don't even know. Is it called a flashlight? I don't. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's called like a flash yeah. stick or something. What have you been listening anyway, to? I've been listening to the album "Commit This to Memory" by the band Motion City Soundtrack. I imagine by now you've already committed that album to your memory. Yeah, pretty much. I would hope so. Um, for those of you who don't know, they're from the best state in the entire United States of America. I know Minnesota. you might think he, he's talking about Pennsylvania, but he's talking about Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry for that if, if something got lost in translation there, you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway. We'll, we'll get back to the music and uh, the later portion of the podcast. Let's get to the, the other, other portion that's not music. The beer. Okay. That's what a you, great idea. What are you going to have this week, Jesse? Um, Alright, so I was perusing a local place by kind of where I work. And I was kind of looking through all like kind of the same ones that I've had. Like I've seen some, I saw some like Omnipolos. And then I saw some like IPAs from like uh, Against the Grain and Stone IPAs and Stone Stouts and whatnot. And I was like, I feel like I've had way too many of those. I've had way too many of those types of beers. Understandably. So, I don't believe that I've had a beer from this brewery on this podcast yet. I don't think I have, but I, I could be wrong. Maybe neither Maybe neither of us have. It could be true. But anyway, this brewery is from another state in the Midwest. And if you were to give some a high five, you might be able to guess what state this brewery is in. That's uh, weird. I guess I can. Or if it's cold and you have to wear this on your high five hand. Or if you're in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Named after the Bells River, I believe. I do not know. Uh, but anyway, if you haven't guessed it by now, it is Bells Brewery. A great brewery, I might <laughs> From add. Comstock MI. And this beer is called Hell Hath No Fury. When, when you give me that name, I would assume that it might be a Hell is Lager. Is it, though? No, it's not. It is a Belgian-inspired dark ale. Wow, that's different. So that sounds interesting. So I thought, you know what? This uh, is a kind of a different beer, so I'm taking this episode in a different direction with the beer portion, guys. Interesting. And it also has a really funny picture on it of, of like, a little cartoon devil who looks really nervous because I guess, like, a mom is mad at him. Or maybe and his it, wife. It kind of looks like the Far Side comics, almost. It does. It looks similar to that. If you want to see the artwork, just go to our website, bruiseandtunespodcast.com, and and the picture will be right there. OMG. What am I having this week, you ask? All right. Oh, wait. What are you having this week? I have predicted the future, I suppose you could say. Anyways, I'm having something from the the brewery Three Floyds, which is from Indiana. Yeah. Um, I've only had one of their brews before when I was in Kentucky, Um, but this beer is a well-renowned pale ale. Called Zombie Dust. Zombie Dust. People apparently go crazy for this brew, yeah. I'm told. Um, but anyways, our, our one of our favorite local bars, slash tap rooms, slash whatever you want to call it, Craft Brewed posted that they were getting some Three Floyds in, and they had Zombie Dust on uh, the tap list. So yeah. I got real excited, and I went down, and I got a crowler of it. Lo and behold, I tapped the keg and got the last <laughs> of it. There was a lot of angry people in line for that day, because... Three Floyds does not have regular distribution in Nashville, so this was they just happened to get their hands on a keg of it. It was kind of random. Very random, but I'm excited to try this because I've heard so many good things. Yeah, I'm excited for you to let and me And so I'm some. really excited to taste good things that oh. will match the good things that I've heard. Oh. All good right. things. Hopefully good things are happening to me. Is that a song? Ain't no doubt that. about it. 
Randy Newman, Toy Story. Oh, I can only remember Randy Newman's song about short people. You've got a friend in me. Remember his short people song? Talking about short people? No. Short people are short. It's 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 about little people. Oh, about um. It's like short people got nothing to live for. About halflings? No. Oh. People were born with some type of dwarf, dwarfism. Dwarf, dwarf, dwarfism? Yeah. I think the, it's an actual term for that. But it's a, it's a parody. It's like a, a oh, comedy a song. song. Yeah. Okay. Not a parody, but it's a ironic, dark comedy. Oh, my. Like, a lot of his songs are really politically charged. Really? And you wouldn't assume that Not knowing the, the Toy Story. Not the Toy Story. Those yeah. Are, those, those are the only songs that I know about yeah. him. It's really funny. Um, uh, this is a very side note. More yeah. about Randy Newman. Okay. One time... <laughs> Do you know what Mad TV is? It's kind of like the... Yeah, I know what Mad TV is. The lesser-known stepbrother of SNL. Um, they once did a, a yeah. thing where some guy was dressed up like Randy Newman, and he did the he did the score for Star Wars. Okay. And he's like, Star Wars, oh, Star Wars. <laughs> on his piano. And every single song sounds like that. <laughs> We're floating through the galaxy. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's really funny. Anyways, let's get back to the brews and one, let's say that we crack these and try them. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. All right, I've got a crowler, like I said. You got a bottle, so let's chip it a crack to pop. All right, <laughs> sounds good. Let's chip it crack the pop. All right. All right, I'm kind of interested to see what this beer smells <laughs> like. Have we had a pale ale on the podcast before? I know we've had um, lots of IPAs, but I don't know if we've had a specifically designated pale ale. I, you know what? I really don't know. Wow, mine's pretty dark. For a, for pale, a pale ale, ale yeah. It, it for looks, a pale ale, it's. I mean, when you hold it up to the light, it's it's got like a. Uh, actually, it's not as dark as I was thinking. It's it's kind of got a nice like copper color. Guess I'd say happens? mine's got a copper color. Guess what happens when uh, you hold mine up to the light? What? Nothing. It's pretty dark. Yeah, it's a dark ale, after all. I know, but for me, initially thinking that it was a Hell is Lager, mm. it's quite different. What's your it, smell uh, like? It smells kind of interesting, because uh, they say, since it's a Belgian-inspired dark ale, they use a Belgian strain of yeast. One would assume so. In a dark ale, which is kind of strange, right? Can you smell that Belgian yeasty goodness? Yeah, you can. It kind of smells like a weird mix between a Belgian and a... Porter or something. Yeah, I mean, it's got that dark fruit flavor that you might get from like quad but or something. But it almost smells like it's fr- like it's a different type of fruity. Like it's a it's a way more pronounced fruitiness than yeah. you normally get. Interesting. So I'm I mean, kinda... mine smells like just really good hops, really clean hops. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it like pretty good. Yeah, not necessarily like um, like the hop pellet smell that sometimes the beers give you, but yeah. just like really well nice, well done hops. A nice crisp hop. So. Sure. Almost as if your weird uncle gave you a $2 bill that he got from the bank. Because he thinks it's funny. So they, you, those normally don't go through the rotation, so they're normally pretty crisp. Speaking of $2 bills, I was watching The Office recently, and Jim was collecting money for Kelly's birthday party. And Cree's like, oh yeah, I'll pitch in. And he hands Jim a $3 bill. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Who, whose face is it, does it have on it? Oh, I can't remember it. It's George Bush's face or something It might like be. Or it's just It's... I can't remember. I gotta look it up. It was really hilarious, though. Anyway, should we give this uh, a cheers and a try? Beers, B to the B. Yeah, let's give it a try. Well, like we always say on Brews and Tunes, shit, be put Oh my, this is wow. This is good. I'm going in for a sip number two before I review. Huh? This is interesting. 
This is really good. I'm not sure if it's my favorite yet. Oh, man. This is really good. I would say that this lives up to the hype. It's not like... Really? It's like the bitterness is really good. And it's... Now that New England style IPAs are all over the place, that's almost what I'm more used to drinking right now. Right. So, maybe so going back is... to something like this is really... Maybe it's more refreshing because I've been having all the New England style IPAs. But this is... That could be. It tastes more like an IPA. Like, it's it's really hopped well. Um, I don't know. Real true. Like, just back to basics. Really good. It's super done well. I don't yeah. know. I don't... It's clean. The hops are, are there. Yeah. A nice bitterness, but not, like, overpowering. Here, just, you, you give this zombie right. dust a try and see right. what you think. You give mine a try. I want you to review this one first. Like, it doesn't, like, like have anything fancy about it, but it's really, really solid. It's kind of drier than norm, than I would expect. Yeah. It's... And that's especially coming from New England style IPAs all over the place. Yeah, that's kind of nice actually. It isn't really. It's it's good. Yeah, just a pale ale. It's uh it's way more refreshing than like a normal pale ale would be. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Oh, this yours one is, is interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, my beer is very interesting. Oh, it's weird because I I got that like that fruity flavor at first, and then I got almost then, a like, chocolatey flavor. Yeah, and then the fruity flavor came back. Yeah, it's in it's, the end. It's, it's it takes your it tasted like your mouth on a proverbial roller coaster ride. It tastes like fruit and then like the chocolate roasted malts and then like the flavor of figs afterwards. Yeah, it's like a it's a very not like tart fruitness, fruitness, fruitiness, but almost a tart fruitness at the beginning. Yeah. And then like you said, the kind of more bitter roasted malts. And then the fruit comes back. And then the fruit comes right back. It's like a sandwich. It's like it's almost like you're fighting a strawberry, and then he goes in for a left hook, and then you know he hits you in the mouth with it. Okay. And then and then you fall. <laughs> this analogy is terrible. Here's a better analogy. No, 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 no. Here's me... you're fighting Muhammad Ali. Okay. On his left hand, he's got oh, oh, fruits. On his right hand, he's got chocolate malts. Left, right, left! <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Bing, bam, boom! Yeah. See? That's exactly what this beer tastes like. <laughs> like, I almost could tell what your analogy is doing, but I also I couldn't. Well, I was going to have the, me be falling backwards. And the, the, the chocolate? Hit, hit the strawberry. <laughs> kick him or something. <laughs> oh, my god! And then gosh. he was going to get bruised, and so he'd be a chocolate at that. Well, that's something else. I'll tell you. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, my Muhammad Ali with his fruit chocolate gloves was better. (laughs) Shibushaba! Shibushaba! Yeah, it's all kind of punches. Now that we've been punched out by beers, shall we jump into the music? Yeah, let's jump into the music. You review yours first. Um, As always, if uh, the beer tastes different to us as it warms up, we will let you know. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I think yours will come through a lot more than mine. I think mine's going to change a lot as it warms up. Mine, I think, will stay consistent the whole way through. Yeah. Anyway, on to the music. Um, I have been listening to Motion City Soundtrack's album, Commit This to Memory. Just an interesting note, first, um, Mark Hoppus produced this album. Yes, he did. From uh, Blink-182, yeah, of course. The bassist from Blink-182. This is his first producing credit. He's oh. produced many albums since. Since then? And he even produced another Motion City album. Really? A little bit further down in their career. Huh. Yeah. But this was his first attempt. This was from 2004 or five. I think earlier than that. Maybe not. I think it might be 2004. Maybe 2004. Um, anyway, 
after listening to this album, I'm very sad that I did not listen to it earlier. Wow. Especially like in high school. It would have mm-hmm. been awesome to listen to it in high school. You probably would have gone to their concerts then too. I'm yeah, sure they played all over the place in Minnesota. They probably played all over the place in Minnesota. Um, so that's kind of a bummer, but the upside is it's a great album. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's better a, to get into it late than never. It's a fantastic album. Um, I'll give a general overview of it right now. This album is very close to perfect for me. Oh, okay. I, I um, think I, I might agree. The replayability factor is very high for me on this one. I'm able to listen to music at work. And so some days of the week, I find myself um, replaying this album during the day in the same work day. So that's a good sign. Yeah. I was always aware of Motion City soundtrack. A lot of my friends liked them. Um, but I only really knew and liked three or four songs, um, up high school and college. Um, and then they were coming through Nashville. It was like my first year in Nashville yeah. after I moved. So like, I don't know, a little over four years ago. Uh, they were coming through on the 10th anniversary of this album. Commit this to memory. Oh, that makes sense. 2014. 2014. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Becca wanted to go, and I was, and she asked if I wanted to. I was like, sure, why not? It'll be fun. Yeah. Um. So she made me listen to the album a million times, and like I really didn't care for it too terribly much. Like I liked it at first, uh, but I was like, I didn't think it was anything special. But after listening to it over and over again, I was like, this album's amazing. Yeah. So I ended up buying a record of the show, and then I listened to all the rest of their music, and I was hooked. Nice. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. So uh, most of these uh, songs are great, and when I say it's nearly perfect, it's because there are a couple songs that are not my favorite. But they're still good, though. Yeah. So let's just jump right in. Let's put this review into motion. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's play the soundtrack of our lives. (laughs) In the city. (laughs) In the city. All right. Track number one is called... What city? Draft City. (laughs) USA. Draft City. USA. Draft City. I want to go there. Draft City to get some bear or bear. <laughs> some bear. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Yeah. On to track number one. It's called Attractive Today. I get the song four to five, and it is a fantastic opening track. High energy. Good way to very, start the album. Very, very high energy. Really awesome drums. Um, But that's what I like to say about it. Fair enough. It's a really good way to kick, kick start the album. It is. Into motion. <laughs> <laughs> through Trap City <laughs> soundtrack <laughs> soundtrack to our lives <laughs> every song I'm going to say that I'm going to try not to okay but we'll see alright on to track number two which is my first recommendation you have a five out of five and it's called Everything is Alright one of their most popular songs for a very very good reason so, so catchy it is so galdern catchy mm-hmm uh, I might even go as far as to say it is their most popular song. I could be wrong, but it probably is. I feel I, like I it's mean, a safe bet. I would think so. Yeah, I came and I'm not. I was gonna, about to try to sing the chorus, but he sings so galder and high that. Tell me that you're alright. Yeah, everything is alright. Oh, please tell me that you're alright. Yeah, everything is alright. He does sing it really high. Do 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 I suppose. Yeah. That's the drum part. Drum intro. So good. I suppose now I'll touch on the fact that uh, they're not exactly like punk rock or pop punk. They are a genre bending 
Yeah, they bend. They blur the genre I'd say lines. They bend pop punk. They're the pop, genre of pop punk a little bit. Pop punk, punk, pop, electronic. Like there's lots of elements there's, from different styles. Yeah, in, they in use the a lot of keyboards. I assume is what it is. Yes. Um, and their melodic lines are more poppy than punky. Yeah. Punky is not really a great word. Punk is just. Punk. The word to use for that. Yeah, but like you know, if you if you had to label like a, a genre, you could call it what you want. <laughs> but more on that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. I guess I would say I would probably call them pop punk. Yeah, I would too. Um, with a little bit of an electric flair. I do like the keyboard uh, yeah. element. Yeah, same here. And if you, I don't, I know you haven't seen them, but if any of you have seen them live, their keyboard player. Um, their keyboard player probably has more energy than anyone else on the stage. Really? Um, yeah, it's he's he's fun to watch. Um, like there was one time that I think he his wife was having a baby or something, so he wasn't on the tour, and they brought the keyboard player from Say Anything in, and I was really bummed out. Oh no! Like he played all the parts perfectly, but he just like it wasn't the same. Yeah. Because their uh, Motion City Soundtracks keyboard player is just like I don't know. He just really added a lot to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Um, anyway, uh, back to the song. Everything is all right. Uh, I believe it's just a song about trying to convince yourself that you're okay, like that mm-hmm. everything is fine. Uh, I believe, uh, what's his name? Justin Justin Pierre. Pierre. Justin Pierre's the lead singer? Yeah, he goes by Justin Courtney Pierre. I'm not really sure if Courtney's his real middle name or if that's a joke. I can't tell. JCP. But, uh, yeah. JCPenney. JCPenney. Um, anyway, uh, I guess I should also probably say that, uh... <clears throat> A lot of this album deals with uh, his alcoholism. Yeah. Um, I believe you had mentioned to me that they got signed to Epitaph. Epitaph, yeah. And Greg Graffin, lead singer of Bad Religion, is the... He he's, he, he owns Epitaph owns Records. That, and so he's, yeah. He would have been the one who signed them, yeah. Yeah. And fronted all the money for this album. Yeah. And Justin was a raging alcoholic. And he wrote, a, wrote about half of this album while being an alcoholic. Yeah. And then I, th- I believe that Greg Graff, not Greg Graffin, I'm sorry, it's Brett Gurowitz. Oh, Brett Gurowitz. The guitar player okay. from Bad Religion. He made Justin, or he strongly suggested that he go to AA. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the album was written at AA. And wow. so a lot of the album has his struggles. But he also, uh, I, I don't know if he's got anxiety or, de- or depression, but he writes a lot of stuff that deal with that as well. Yeah, it seems like. Very evident on this well. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, isn't this a song where he says, I'm through with the pills that make me sit still? Are you feeling fine? Yes, yeah. I, yes, I feel just fine. Sick of the things I do when I'm nervous, like all those like things. Check, like cleaning the like oven. Cleaning the oven, checking my, my tires. tires. Yeah, tires. I'm getting tired. Yeah, but it's yeah. a really good song. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, it really shows that he can write a great melody. Super catchy. And that he can sing. He really sings well. really well. Yeah. Yeah. Great voice. Mm-hmm. I agree. Anyway, that that was my first recommendation. Good choice. Um, on to track number three, which is called When You're Around. When you're around. And I gave the song for... <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I gave it four out of five. <laughs> I guess I'm not listening. And it, uh, it seems a song also deals with his alcoholism. Yeah. And kind of basically how uh, it affects people around him. Uh I think this is the song where he talks about like uh like the uh, a morning after um like a binge or whatever mm-hmm. and 
someone's like recounting a story of what he did and he's like what is that really true did i actually do that like and how it, how it affects people that are, are around him but then i think i think it's a song where he's like well oh well oh well <laughs> anyway on to track number four which is my second recommendation you have a five out of five it's called resolution I think it might have the the most, uh, in my opinion, the most catchy uh, little jump in the in the chorus. Yeah, oh, it's so catchy. I agree. Um, it starts off with him saying, "I like the universe, but she messes with my words. I'm not talking planets or galaxies, and the distance just makes it worse." And then there's something else after yeah. it, but um, <clears throat> so this song is basically about uh, a breakup with someone due to his alcoholism that was difficult for him to deal with. Yeah, uh, that chorus. Yeah. So let's give it up for the new year. <laughs> he really he sings high in that song. Yeah. Oh man, um, it's so catchy that chorus. But anyway, the one uh, the one line that shows. That, that, that that's kind of what it's about is uh, whenever he says she put up with so much all my madness and my self abuse mm-hmm. um, then something about how she tended his wounds and fed him filled him with food when he stumbled and drunk for breakfast um, and then later on in the song he talked about um, she was right to leave me before she got consumed so like before his his, his problems, problems like consumed her essentially or like you know took more than just like a emotional toll on her mm-hmm. or you know so that's a it's kind of a bummer uh, yeah it's song. kind of a bummer bummer but a song catchy. but it's so catchy yeah. though I like when artists can do that they can like write a really sad song but make it sound like really melodically catchy yeah and it's it's pleasant sounding very happy sounding yeah I I mean Liquids, I really like powders and pills like the, the verses like, everything's catchy about it against my will um so that is my second recommendation I'm curious to hear what your other ones are other ones I've already had two yeah other one and I'm assuming an honorable mention mm, well, but yeah. we'll see I don't want to assume the next song is called <clears throat> Feel Like Rain and I gave the song three point five out of five. It's still it's still a really good song and it's still really catchy. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those ones where just wasn't your favorite. Like I wasn't super engaged with it. Like on those times, on those days when I would listen to it through a second time, that was one. Like, of the times it was one that wasn't as engaging as the other ones. Makes sense. Um, still, like, still it can't a, all be the same. Still, level. yeah, still a really good message though. Like it's a song about dealing with how life can feel very repetitive mm-hmm. a lot of times. And it feels like rain. I like the, um, there's one drumming part that I really like. The, the do, ka, do, ka, do, do, ka, do, 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 ka, do. Yeah. It's the way he does the, kind of switches up the bass drum. And I think mm-hmm. it starts off with the drum, that drum part. Um, but it's a really cool drum part. And yeah. I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's about uh, how life can be really repetitive and it's easy to get like complacent or comfortable, mm-hmm. even in a bad situation. And then kind of give up pursuing what you really want to do. But remember, listeners, just get rid of, just get past that complacency. You can do it. Find your walrus, as Kevin Smith says. <laughs> Find your walrus, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's in reference to a Kevin Smith's movie Tusk, 
Which, if you haven't seen, is pretty darn good. Yeah, it was a, he wrote the script for it. Well, he the inspiration came from a podcast that he did where they were making up... Well, they were reading something and making up what a fake movie would be. And they're like, you know what? No one's going to make this movie, so let's just do it ourselves. Yeah. And he did. So you you, so you he, find what you want to do and do it yourself. He made a walrus, and so can you. Yeah. Well, you don't have to make a walrus else. movie, but do find what makes you happy and do it. Yes. Pursue. Pursue... What are the three P's of uh, attaining your dream, Steve? Propelling yourself towards success. Okay, number one. That, no, it's number two. Perforate your failures. Oh, that's a good one. And prolong happiness. <laughs> exactly. You heard it here. You heard it first. Those are the three P's of attaining your dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying... I, 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 I made this up, so don't actually follow that. <laughs> yeah. Just find something that makes you happy and, and go for it. As long as yeah. it doesn't hurt other people. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the that's ultimate. A, that's a very good caveat yeah. to put on that. Yeah, the, the, the only caveats that we, we really preach is don't hurt other people and do everything in the name of love. In love. the name of love. Uh, that is the greatest commitment of all, right? Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> back, back to, to the, back to the song about love. <laughs> Track number six on this album is called Makeout Kids. Oh, that's a funny song. It's not exactly about love. It's about it's about like how if you like meet a girl and like just start making out with her, there's like no chance to actually have a meaningful relationship. It reminds me of like a makeout party that like middle schoolers would go to. Yeah. That's just like well like spin the bottle to make out and there's no real same. foundation. It's just yeah. a Make it up, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a really shallow type of thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, I give that one three point three five three out of five as well. It's really catchy though. It is really catchy. I had to have some differentiation between the songs though. You did. They can't all be four out of fives and five out of fives. I mean, they could be, but yeah, you're telling the truth. So on to track number seven, which is a four out of five. It's called "Time Turned Fragile." Uh, this is a really cool song. Um. It's a song that uh, Justin, right? Mm-hmm. Justin is singing from, I believe, his dad's perspective. And uh, it's basically a song about how his father, he's like saying how his father is still proud of him, or is proud of him even through like his failures and his successes. Successes, yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's kind of a cool song. I really like it. Um, but there's a there's a line at the end of that song that I very much like, um, and let me uh, let me read it real quick. Um, okay, yeah. So at the end of the song, there's kind of like this this like not really like spoken word part, but it's like a kind of like a a sung part. But the melody is like the the notes that he uses the melody Real are limited very, range are very in a limited range, which is not typical. So it kind of even. And especially kind of, for them, because he yeah. writes melodies where the, the vocal pattern moves a lot. Yeah, so it kind of feels like a spoken word part. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, it's his dad talking to him, uh, and he says, I was never taken by surprise from the sounds that disappear to the changes we begin to fear. I can hear you clearly. One day I'll fail to breathe, and all you'll have are memories. All we are are memories. Um, so it's kind of like a... It's a different... Um, way different subject matter for the uh for this album uh most of the songs thus far have 
talked about either relationships or being an alcoholic. And now this song uh, is kind of like a slight reprieve of him being like, uh, what's it called? Um, not nostalgic, but uh, what word am I trying to think of right now? I'm trying to think of the word. Um, I do not know. Being very existential. Oh, okay. That's a little different than nostalgic, but yeah, I, know. I can see what I, you meant. Well, no, I didn't mean nostalgic at all. Oh, yeah? Yep. So I get the song four to five, and that brings us to track number eight, which gets right back into that normal subject matter. The song is called L-G-F-U-A-D. And I think they call like L-G-F-U-A-D. L-G-F-U-A-D. Like FUD. L-G-F-U-A-D. Fowd. I, I think that because it's supposed to be like LG and then the F-U-A-D is supposed to be like its own word, I believe. LG, LG Fod. Fod. Whatever that is, but it stands for... Let's get f- up and die. Yeah, let's get effed up and die. Yeah. But he's speaking figuratively, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Like the last time he committed suicide. Social, Social suicide. suicide. And in case you couldn't tell, what we just said was the first lines of the song. Yeah. Classic. Let's get effed up and die. I'm speaking figuratively, of course, like the last time that I committed suicide. Social suicide. Um, this is my last recommendation. It's a good choice. It's a fantastic song. It's super, super catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the last song that we said was super catchy, it's also very depressing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's masked very well in a very happy sounding song. Yeah. He's good at doing that. Yeah. Uh, And this basically says it's a song about accepting the fact that he's a belligerent drunk. Yeah. And then at one point he says, I believe that I can overcome this in the end, but for now, let's get effed up and die. So like it's kind of a depressing, uh, a depressing subject matter, but it's really catchy. It's really catchy. I guess that comes... I don't know if you've ever seen interviews or seen him talk. But he's, like, really... He's, like, got this, like, funny sense of humor. And he's pretty energetic and just seems like a really fun guy. But to, for him to have all these emotions in it, it's the same way that the music is real happy, but it's got all these dark emotions in there. So oh, he's okay. this really, like... out Looks like he's an outgoing, like, funny... Maybe a little awkward, but, like, real happy, energetic, funny guy. Yeah. But he's got all this dark stuff going inside. Huh. Um. Anyway... That is my last recommendation. Mm-hmm. And now on to track number nine. It's called Better Open the Door. You better open the door before I take a hammer to the walls around it. That's a very great song. Four to five. Um, this song mentions places in Minnesota. Oh. Oh, does it? Oh, sure. It mentions Lindale Avenue. Oh, Lindale Avenue, yeah. You betcha. Um, the CC Club. The CC Club, you're darn tootin'. And the Triple Rock. Oh, the Triple That's the only place I know. The so, Lindell Avenue being a street in Minneapolis where there are quite a few bars. Uh, I think the line in the song says something about, like, Frank fails to see the humor in me, my failed attempts to break dance in every bar along Lindell Avenue. Okay. <clears throat> and then something about getting uh, boozed up at. CC Club and the Triple the Triple Rock. Triple Rock. Triple Rock was a punk rock uh, venue. Yes. That shut down this past year or so. Yeah. It's a bummer. No effects of the song about it called Seeing Double at the Triple Rock. Yes. Uh, one of the lines that I like from the song is uh, the chorus. He says, 
our hell ends every weekend, but it's all I have to believe in. Our hell ends every weekend, but it's all I have to believe in. So catchy. Yeah. Super catchy. Um, now, onto my honorable mention, track number 10. Mm-hmm. Together will ring in the new year. Interesting. I got four to five. It's my hum for this album. Um, and it's also very different from the rest of the album, as in there's only one ele- or two electric guitar parts. No drums, just one vocal. This must be it. It's very stripped back song. The very, only stripped back strip song. Very really. yeah, exactly. Um, and I just, I just really like it. Um, and I think it's uh, basically a song about not being able to like connect with people socially and like feel more comfortable when you're alone, but like still want to be around people and like mm-hmm. how difficult that can be. And he talks about uh, liking a girl and like at the part that I really like is when he says, heads up, damage control, there's a ring upon her finger. And that's like the highest line in the song. And he's heads like, up! Damage control is a ring around her finger. Sad. Yeah. Sad for Justin. Yeah. Sad, sad, sad. Sad, sad, sad. In the city, city, city. Better get some motion so you can get the soundtrack. Draft city. Draft, <laughs> draft, draft city. city. Anyway, I'm going to go through these last two pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, track number 11 is called Hangman. Mark Hoppus has a cameo. I know. And I, I love everything that Mark, Tom, <clears throat> Travis do. But this actually might be my least favorite song on the uh, the album. Mm. I still really like it. I, I, like, the, uh, I, I do like it, but it's my least favorite. The bridge the, the bridge is so cool where it kind of has like a key shift. Mm-hmm. And he uh, does this super <clears throat> sweet melody. But anyway. But anyway. Um, and it almost seems like it's kind of, a, kind of an autobiographical song. Is my take on it. So I'll let, I'll I feel let, like a lot of these things are probably... Pretty autobiographical. Yeah, but maybe this one the most out of all of them. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, the last track is called Hold Me Down, Hold Me Down. It's just called Hold Me Down. Uh, (laughs) Hold me down. (laughs) (laughs) It's another song about a relationship, and I give it 3.5 out of 5. That's a sad one. It is, yes. Um, I like that song. Make sure to check that album out, everybody. It's bomb. It is really good. Are you going to check out some of their other stuff? Yes, I think You should. Um... I think there's really good songs on every single one of their albums. Even yeah. their their least well received album, which was called Go. There's a great song on there. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. <laughs> there's a great song on um, there. I haven't really listened to it the whole way through um, okay. multiple times. I listened to it I think once, and there was one song I really liked, but the rest I was like, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm sure I'll like it more if I sit with it. But every single other album I've listened to a bunch, and I think they're all great. Nice. I'll definitely have to check them out. Yeah. <clears throat> Shall we s- switch gears a little bit? Yeah. Why don't I go get my uh, torch? Yeah. Where's my flashlight? I don't know. Get the people out of here. Let's foster some inspiration. Ah! <laughs> Anyways, foster the people debut album Torches. Do you know the name of their front their front man, their songwriter? No. His name is Mark Foster. Mark Foster. Oh yeah, is yeah. there Foster in the band as well? No, I believe he's the only one. He's the only Foster. Um, he he was from like Cincinnati, but he moved out to L.A. to pursue songwriting. His like his dad thought he was really good, so he's like he encouraged it. Okay. Um, and he worked at a company that wrote commercial jingles. Oh really? So he learned how to write like commercially huh. successful pop like catchy that stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, like all these things are like. I'm gonna say it throughout this entire review, but everything is catchy in this album. Yeah. Um. So he knows what works. Mm-hmm. He he knows how to craft a song. Yeah. Uh, craft a melody. Um. 
Anyways, uh, this is their debut album. It was released in 2011, although the lead single, Pumped Up Kicks, was released a year before, almost a little over a year before. Okay. Um, it, it went, like, viral. I think they released yeah, it by it itself. Did. It did go viral. And so yeah, I think they got signed, and then he got a band together, and they wrote an album to to, to support that, that song almost. Yeah. Which is kind of the opposite of what you do. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird, but it But makes... then the music industry changes so much, there's not really a set thing anymore. Yeah. Um, but that was their... That, that propelled them into fame. Hmm. Like, he was making jingles, like, kind of living paycheck to paycheck. No, well, I don't know if paycheck to paycheck, but he wasn't doing wasn't that well. doing super well. Yeah. It was what some people may call, like, an overnight success, even though, right. he, obviously, he's been working for a long time. Right. Uh, so let's delve in. Um, let's do it. Track number one, Helena Beat, or Hel- Helena I Beat? I always said Helena Beat. Helena Beat, that's what I would say, but I don't know. There's some lady that I work with named Helena, so oh, I don't really? know. I gave the song four out of five, and it's my first recommendation. Nice, I like the song um, a lot too. I think it's a great start to the album, and it uh, kind of sh- gives you a uh, not an in- entire encompassing picture, but it gives you a little bit of what to expect from the album. Because sure. if you expect uh, ten tracks of pumped up kicks, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, um, sure. it's it, nothing else sounds like pumped up kicks. And I know you said that up front, mm-hmm. but after I listened down the first time through, I was like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Nothing else sounds like pumped up kicks. Um, but I really like the sound of that synthesizer that comes in uh, when, when the synth comes in the wow 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 like yeah. that that thing yeah wow 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 it's hard to pinpoint what that sounds like but it's got like this rugged almost industrial sound to it that's what I I would call it um, I don't know but I really like that that sound and I think that's it's really cool yeah this song is really dancey oh, well every almost everything on this album is dancey. <laughs> But I think this song is about living in a destructive cycle, but being okay, okay with it, mm-hmm. which is kind of reminiscent of some of those Motion City sounds. Yeah. Maybe they both came from the same city. Draft City! <laughs> draft, Draft City! <laughs> Just kidding. Where's um, Helena? Is that uh, a city? Probably. I feel like that's a city in a lot of things. I was thinking Helena Troy. Like, what in the Helena Troy is that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what in the Helena Troy is that? Um, fun reference to our Beastie Boys uh, episode. Jaheem, my rhymes is whack! Anyways, like there's like I said, the destructive cycle that he's okay with. Like yeah. in the chorus, he says, "I took a sip of something poison, yeah. but I'll hold on tight." Yeah. Like he's like, "I tie myself into the," ch-. you know, like all these kind of things where it's talking about him making bad choices, but he'll probably overcome it, and it's bad, but, but it'll be okay. Hold on tight. Yeah, yeah, and it's okay. But it's catchy. It's a really I good song. And since I talked about how the song isn't pumped up, kicks. Let's talk about the song that is Pumped Up Kicks. <laughs> On the track number two, which is called Pumped Up Kicks, I gave it a five out of five, and it's my second recommendation. Wow. Um, I, I really like the song going into the album. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say I was forced like forced to hear this song, but it was everywhere. Oh, yeah. You couldn't really escape was. this song in 2010. I remember that. That was, first year of, uh, that was freshman year of college. Yeah, I like it was and everywhere. It was literally everywhere. I, every, it was a crossover hit. Every radio station was playing it. Yeah. Uh, it was all over the, the TV, the, the internet. It was everywhere. At that time, I was like, oh, not this song again. I don't know. Well, I, I didn't get to that point. I was, I was like, oh, this is a catchy song. Like, I didn't, like, avidly seek it out, but I was yeah. happy every time. Because like, I don't listen to the radio, but when I did, this was on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when it came on, I was like, oh, that's a good, good catchy song. I like this. Yeah. 
Um, and it's just, there's so many catchy parts about it. Like the verses are catchy, the chorus is catchy, even that bass line. Got a quick hand. That bass line that never ends. But if you don't listen to the words, then you might not know what it's about. Yeah. And it's about a either a school shooting or fan, fantasizing about a school shooting from the point of view of the shooter. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Um, like all the all the other kids with the pumped up kicks better run, better run faster than my gun. Yeah. Better outrun my bullets. Yeah. Crazy. That's dark. It really is. I mean, back in 2011, there were school shootings, but we hadn't had, like Sandy Hook didn't happen. Um, the one in happen. Florida didn't happen. That real bad, like. So it was, like, obviously, school, Columbine had obviously already happened. So it, it wasn't an unfamiliar thing, but it wasn't as crazy as it is now, it seems like. Yeah. Like, it seems like every, like every month there's a major school shooting. Yeah. Um, Which is really depressing. Actually. It is really depressing. Um, but Terrible. This is not meant to condone violence. It's kind of meant to open up a discussion. That's what uh, the lead singer said. Mm. But he also said in a fun interview, he said, it's, uh, it's a F you to the hipsters in a way, but it's a song... <laughs> That the hipsters are going to want to dance to. <laughs> <laughs> like the hipsters with their pumped up kicks, I'm going to shoot you down. That's but dance hilarious. to my song. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously he knew this was going to be a catchy song or whatever, but yeah. it's a really good song. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm positive most of you guys have heard this song before. If, if you haven't, look it up and, and you're like, oh yeah, I recognize that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Unless you like didn't listen to the radio or didn't look on the internet at all. In you lived under a rock from like 2009 to 2012. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to track number three is called "Call It What You call Want." Call it what you want. And yes, it is yeah, "Call It What yeah, You Want." Yeah, call it what you want. You may have rem- remembered a few, a few mirrorsly like 10, 15, 20 minutes ago when we're trying to pinpoint Motion City soundtracks genre. Yeah. You could say "Call It What You Want," put a label. You know, "Call yeah. It What You Want." That's what the song's about. Yeah. Um, like it, trying to define things by labels, and so you can judge them. And he's like saying that's stupid. Just call it what you want. I don't care. Yeah. Um, there's one line I really like in this song. Who he says, is? "You say," and then in quotation, "What's your style? Who do you listen to?" In quotation, and he's like, "Who cares?" Yeah. Um, so I think that's What's a pretty style? cool thing. Who do you listen to? Who cares? Um, my own personal opinion about this song uh, i didn't really like it at first uh, it it almost sounded like a club dance beat from the 90s like from night the roxbury <laughs> done by a hipster <laughs> so it's, it's a weird combination of song so i really didn't like it at first yeah but then like after listening to it a bunch it got stuck in my head and i started singing i was like okay i like it i really like the chorus yeah, yeah. um but it's it's a weird so like sounding song what you want. so it's really dancey yeah, it is it's very dancey. Super duper dancey. Um, and I think that's kind of indicative of some other songs where I didn't really like them at first and then they were catchy really? and I ended up liking them. Yeah. Is that that kind of it was the general way this album went for you? For the most part, yes. There are definitely some songs I liked off the bat, but mm. for the most part, no. Gotcha. Um, moving on to track number four, which is called Don't Stop, parentheses, Color on the Walls, and parentheses. I gave this four out of five and it's my honorable mention. It's your hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have two hmms. Okay. Uh, I couldn't decide, so I just picked up both. Why okay. not? This is, this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah, we can bend the rules whenever we want to. Yes. Call it what you want. We can bend the rules. We can break the rules. We can set the rules. We can not have the rules. We, we are the rules. We can amend the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this, this song has a fun little whistle intro. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I, I started way too high. My whistling stopped. <laughs> 
It's too hip. It's hot there, isn't it? I'll, go, I'll just... But it's, uh, it's so catchy. The verses and the choruses are equally catchy. I gave this like, like there's a lot of weird imagery about like kids playing in this song. Like uh, t- talking about swings, uh, boat rides, piggyback rides. Everybody's running. Yeah. Uh, but it also seems like it's a love song of sorts. I don't know. I didn't read into it too much, but it's a really fun song. Don't stop! No stop! Don't stop! No enemies! Really, it's really catchy. I like. It's a, a really fun song. Uh, this is one of the ones I liked off the bat. Oh, really? Um, also, the next song, track number five, I liked off the bat. It's called Waste. I gave it 4.5 out of 5. And what it's a my great s- song. last recommendation. Third recommendation, yeah. What a great song. Um, yeah. I don't, even though it's my third recommendation, I gave it 4.5 out of 5. I don't really care that much about the verses. Really? It's the chorus that I really like. Um, yeah. And the chorus is a, the only reason why I recommended it. Really? Obviously. Um, but, like, thematically, it seems like it's about someone who he loves who's yeah. in a self-destructive or, like, depressed state. Yeah. Or maybe has, like, a bunch of inner demons, and he's kind of, like, saying, you know, I can help you deal with these, but if you don't, like, if you just want to waste a day, I'll waste it with you, too. Like, let's waste a day. If you yeah. if you want to wake up, let, you can wake up. Yeah, so he, like, really, obviously really cares about this yeah. person that he's singing about. And every day that you want to waste, that you, you want to waste, waste, you can, and every day, but it's just so catchy. Like that chord progression in the chorus is so catchy. You wanna wake up. You wanna wake. You can. It's it's, it's catchy. I like this song. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Moving on to track number six. It's called "I Would Do Anything for You," and I gave it three point five out of five. I'd do anything. Not that song. <laughs> uh, but this is a really different sounding song uh, compared to the other ones. But it's got like these. Uh, I always thought it was ooh la la, but looking up the lyrics, it's ooh la love. Ooh la love, I'm falling in love. It's better this time I've ever known. But, I don't know. It did, like, it just seemed like a simple love song. I don't yeah. really care for it too much. It, yeah. I, I liked it. It's catchy, um, but it didn't do that much for me. Yeah. I Moving on to track number seven. Moving on to the next song. <laughs> And it's a pretty magical song. It's called Houdini. <laughs> I, like uh, I gave it 3.75 out of 5. This was a big uh, radio hit. Yeah. And there's that one like little instrumental part right after the chorus. And I I heard that somewhere before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I heard this, I was like, oh, I recognize that. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard this. I don't know where I've heard it before. I um, think it might have been on a commercial. Probably. Um, when researching this, they said they, they licensed a bunch of songs out of this for video games, commercials, movies, all oh, kind of I'm stuff. I'm not surprised. Because it's all catchy stuff that people yeah. can like remember. Every, every bet, song on this has, is memorable. I'll bet they're making a lot of money off just this album. For sure. And I think he did a lot of the writing himself. And I read that he worked out a deal so he could keep most like almost most the, the entirety of the... Really? Well, he kept all the writing, but I think he kept all the publishing as well, oh, wow. which is huge. Wow. Uh, so he's he's collecting 100% of all royalties on this, at least. Dang. At least that's what the, it said online. I don't know. Um, I like the, the, the music's fine, but I really like the lyrics. Yeah. It's about being afraid of being in the spotlight and like being rejected for like what you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the chorus. I'm just gonna read the the lyrics of the chorus because okay. I think that exemplifies it real well. Yeah. Got shackles on. My words are tied. Fear can make you compromise. With the lights turned up, it's hard to hide. Sometimes I want to disappear. Yeah. Sometimes I want to disappear. 
that's the catchy part that I knew afterwards. Um, but I just think it's really, really cool because obviously he's very famous, and this happened at, like he wrote the song after Pumped Up Kick, so he's yeah. he had the taste of success. He's like, uh oh, I'm nervous. I'm afraid of failure and yeah. and people picking me apart. It's just yeah. natural. It's everyone probably experienced that in some way or, or, or another. Yeah. So you can relate to it. Yeah. Moving on to track number eight. It's probably my least favorite song. It's called "Life of or Life on the Nickel." I'm sorry. On the nickel. I gave it two point five out of five. Um, <laughs> I misheard the lyrics at first. Okay. Um, and I thought it was, "Oh yeah, I'm awesome, I'm awesome, I'm awesome." <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> it's not at all what he's saying, like at all. He's saying, yet again, I'm hustling. I'm hustling, oh, yeah, hustling. I'm awesome, I'm awesome. I'm if you awesome. listen to it again, and and you'll probably be able to hear it. Yeah, I'm awesome. But it, it's talking about hustling. Oh, um, and it's super catchy and infectious, but it's about drugs. Like he was addicted. Like it's autobiographical in the way that he right. he did go through like a drug addicted period in, in really? uh, L.A. Yeah. Wow. Um, so it's it's pretty um, autobiographical in that respect. But he, uh, later on in the song, it talks about him getting clean off of drugs. Yeah. And feeling like he doesn't fit in. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like saying, huh. "There's no pl- like I I've gotten past that, but there's no place for me there's here." There's no place for you. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. So it's 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 pretty interesting. Like the uh, perspectives from being addicted and, the, and then sober and then trying to find out where you fit. It's well written. Really yeah. good subject matter. Um, definitely not awesome. Hustling. Yeah. Um, check. Listen to the song, you guys, and, and see if you think it sounds like an awesome. Awesome. You, you should listen to it too. See if you That's think funny. that he says awesome. Moving on to track number nine. Um, I gave this four out of five. It's called "Miss You." It's my last honorable mention. Nice. Like I went back uh, and forth between this and the other one. And miss you. Miss you. I couldn't pick which one. Like I wanted to recommend, but this one. Yeah. It's got this like weird fast process drum beat at the beginning, like yeah. weird and very different from anything else on the album. Yeah. Um, and before I get into the the chorus, I just want to talk about the subject matter of this song. It's about a girl that he he once dated and he's trying to win back. Mm-hmm. And during the verses, like the crazy drum beat, he's like talking real fast, trying to get her like to come back to him and like like almost pleading. Yeah. Um, and then the chorus, all the drums cut out. And it's just the keyboard part. Oh yeah, it's stripped back. I miss you, and I, miss you. Yeah, and he he says, "I really miss you, miss you." I said. So he's, he's instead of like pleading, he just is stripping back all the the fast, crazy, urgent message, just playing the slow keys and giving them the heartfelt, like all nothing else matters. I just really miss you. Yeah. And there I said it. And I think that that uh, the feel of the song, like the juxtaposition between the the slow refrain chorus and the fast urgent um, verses really exemplifies his what he's portraying. Yeah, very well written. That's a good point. Very well written. I never thought about that before while listening to that song. Yeah, I because I, I I really like the the, the chorus. Yeah. Um, but it's just like he sings real fast in the verse. He sings slow in the chorus. The verses are real jumbled and and rushing, and then the chorus is slow and yeah. stripped back. So it's it's really nice. I yeah. I think it's very intentional. Him oh, yeah. like knowing him being like, like a good yeah. songwriter. I think that was done very well. Yeah. Under track number 10, the last song of the album, it's called Warrant. I gave it three uh, out of five, and it's it's a, another really different sounding song. It's not my favorite on the album. Me neither, but it's I think it's the most organic song as far as like instrumentation, like less like less electronic less, sounding. Um, more. It sounds like a band's playing it more. That's that's more, what I mean. Um, not organic. It's more. Uh, oh, I never mind. I get what you mean by organic. Yeah. Less yeah. electronic stuff. 
Yeah, not to say that there isn't electronic stuff because there is, but it's it sounds more like just a band playing it. It's more normal. Um, it's it's about a dude who uh, I don't know. There's a warrant on his head. Yeah, I guess. So. Um, and I knew the song was called Warrant, and I looked up the lyrics, but every time I listen to the song, it sounds like he says, "There's a war inside my head," but he's saying there's a warrant on warrant my on head. Warrant on my head, yeah. Because <laughs> he does kind of. Say like warrant on my head. Yeah. Like it, warrant on my head. Yeah. So it sounds like war inside my head. Warrant on my head. Um. So overall, like my summary of this album, um, I liked Pump Up, Pump Up Kicks a lot. I really didn't like the album at first. I was like, eh, it's I don't know, it's catchy and meh. Yeah. But then after listening to it, I was like, that's catchy, meh, it's catchy. And then after more lessons, like, oh, it's catchy. And then I started singing the songs to myself, and I ended yeah. up really liking it. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite song that you, or album that you've recommended, but I still like it. Yeah. Um, I like it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Especially after the first listen. Yeah, it was a... I think I bought that album on a whim. After I heard Pumped Up Kicks, I was like, huh, well, maybe I should just buy the whole album, because I like that song. And then I bought it, and I was like, these other songs are way better than Pumped Up Kicks. <laughs> way better. <laughs> Because I wasn't the biggest fan of Pumped Up Kicks, but I still really liked it. But I kind of took a big risk on it. Yeah, because you're a but hipster. It paid off because I'm a hipster, yeah, I guess. That's what people say. You are a hipster. Not really. Yeah, you are. I'm wearing Reebok shorts and a band t-shirt, so I guess maybe I am. <laughs> you have glasses and a beard. <laughs> That's and all you, like, you need. indie music. That's all you need to be a hipster. I mean, you've got boots out there, those shoe boots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hipster, there's like one definition of hipster, but it, there's all kind of different hipsters. Everyone's got a little bit of hipster in them, probably. I have a little bit of hipster in me. Yeah. Sometimes I have a mustache like one day out of every two or three months. I think you just keep that mustache. It's scary. Um, my, it's my coworker said I had a creeper stash nah. or a pedophile stash. I don't know. but People just say that to anybody who has, who has just a mustache. Do they say that to uh, Tom Selleck? Well, yeah, probably. Now, if he had that mustache now, is I think he alive? Yeah, I think he stars on that TV show Blue Bloods with his mustache. mustache. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's like already... that was He had it back in the day when it was like a thing to have it. Now, what about... Now... That, that, I don't know if you remember him, but that guy at the Pirates, PNC Park in Pittsburgh, where the Pittsburgh Pirates play, there's a guy who is in the home plate club who sells popcorn and he's got the handlebar mustache that looks like he's straight from the 20s. Right, but that's also different. Yeah, but it's not a creeper stash, but it looks awesome. I wish I could have that. Anyways, um, we're, all hip- we're all hipsters. Everybody's a hipster. And if You you're... like PBR? That's a hipster. If you like PBR, you're either a hipster or a redneck. Are you a redneck? No. <laughs> you win with this argument, Steve. <laughs> I mean, that's just saying. Because I'm definitely not a redneck. <laughs> yeah, I know. You definitely aren't. Um, you were a lumberjack for Halloween that one year. This past year? Yeah. Well, no, I, well, I wasn't a lumberjack. I was Paul Bunyan. But you couldn't find an axe at the... Uh, wait, so you got a sickle. Yeah, I got a Grim Reaper, <laughs> yeah. Grim Reaper scythe. A scythe or... I can't even remember the difference between a scythe or uh, a sickle. The difference between a scythe and a sickle is one of them has... One of them you wield like that, like with the... You know, like going like that. Yeah. And then one of them One's has... One's got the side handle. One of them has a side handle, so you go, like, sweep in, like, a sweeping motion, not a slashing motion. Well, I think that... They're, I think I the think length, this is length the of the handle also has to do with it. One can be length, handheld. And the length of the blade, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway... 
So enough about scythes and sickles. Yeah. And enough about uh, Foster the People in Motion City. Oh, but one one more question I did want to ask you. I think they've released at, at least one, if not two, albums afterwards. Two Have you listened albums. to any of them? I listened to their most recent one, and it's very different. Is it very? Is it good? On my first listen, I did not really like it. But so did maybe you, did you revisit I, more? I want to do it one time. Okay. So I'd have to listen to more stuff. So that begs the question: Is was this album their one-hit wonder album? Well, if so, uh, it was a good, good album. It was a good album. Good for them. They they did well. Um, yeah. On to next week. Yes. Uh, next week will be a one-off. We are going to be listening to another recommendation. It's by Macklemore. The album is Thrift Shop. I'm sorry, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. They they come as a team, I guess. Yeah. Uh, not Thrift Shop. The Heist. I yeah. just said Thrift Shop because the, the big thrift song. Thrift Shop is the one has a big song over that um, one, yeah. But following that, we'll be returning to another regular episode. Do yes. you have a recommendation for me? I have a choice for you. Okay. Do you want to listen to kind of like an, a, I want to say like kind of like indie, uh, gypsy kind of type indie music? Hmm. Or do you want to listen to folk, slightly electronic not really, not really that much electronic folk. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by the gypsy aspect. Okay, so you wanted that one. Yeah. All right. The album that I'm going to be recommending for you is by the band Modest Mouse, and it is called Good News for People Who Love Bad News. Okay, I'm really interested to listen to that album. Yeah, it's a fan... Fantastic album. I know maybe two or three of their songs, well, and I know, you, I've definitely, definitely seen them live. You definitely, yeah, we saw them live in Nashville at Ascend Amphitheater. Correct. Um, you definitely know that one song, the one song, Float On. Oh, yeah, everyone knows that everybody song. Everybody knows that Catchy. song. Catchy. Yep. All right, so I'm going to recommend a slightly lesser known album, but to me it's very well known. Okay. Um, it's going to be a local band from Pittsburgh that okay. I know, uh, maybe one of the bigger bands out of Pittsburgh. The band is Anti Flag. Okay. The album is called For Blood and Empire. For Blood and Empire? Yes. Okay. One of their bigger songs. Oh, they've had a lot of big songs on this album. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to hear what you think about it. They're very yeah, political. I'm, uh, I'm excited to listen to it. In case you couldn't tell by their name, Anti-Flag. They're very political. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you guys think they're political, well, we'll talk about that next episode. Oh, in two episodes. Yes, exactly. Um, shall we finish our beers? Yeah, let's. Uh, has yours changed give... at all? Yes, it has. Greatly. How so? You know how some dark beers... That fruitiness almost that you kind of taste in the beginning almost turns into like a slightly meaty text flavor. Yes. That's what this beer has done. I think the Belgian yeast, and of course I could totally be wrong about this, but this is just what I think has happened. The Belgian yeast has warmed up, or the flavors have warmed up so much that the fruitiness has kind of changed its characteristic almost. Mm -hmm. As to where it's become not really meaty, but maybe more of a dull savory sweetness. Interesting. It's it's still really good. Yeah. It's almost more like a Rauch beer now. A smoke beer. Yeah. That's that's what it tastes like right now. Interesting. But it's kinda interesting. Well mine has stayed very consistent. Consistently delicious. Consistent. Consistently delicious. Yeah. Um like I said Just before like Pillsbury Doughboy. Three Floyds, uh the brewery. I had one of their beers before. I can't remember what it was called, it was like gumball something or other. I'm sure if you look up Three Floyds Gumball you'll find it. Gumby. I think it was also a pale ale. Very really? delicious as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I had uh, Bell's Brewing, or Bell's Brewery, uh, their beer, Hell Hath No Fury, a Belgian-inspired dark ale. Nice. So let's uh, give the magic phrase and sign off for the week. Sounds good.
Shiver the people down. Mm. Very, very good. Once again, my name is Steven Johnson. And my name is Jesse Pattis. <laughs> or for those of you who couldn't understand that weird voice. <laughs> I think it was understandable. <laughs> it was Jesse Pattis. <laughs> <laughs> And coming at you live doing the soundtrack of our lives from Draft City in motion. <laughs> this has been American Bruising Tunes. See you next time. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Bruising Tunes. Shibbity beep.